0: In connection to the story, in the end of this week's Parsha, Vini Ishmi ben Bo, a man comes, Zimri comes, Vayakre he brings in front of his brothers, in front of the Yidnas the Midianite woman, that's Kosbi, in front of the eyes of Moshe, Chazal tells us, the Gemara says, that Zimri ben Salu brings this Midjanis Kosbi basur to Moshe Rabbeinu and argues, Zu'a is this woman forbidden or is she permitted? The Imtaymar Asura, a few Moshe Rabbeinu are going to tell me she's forbidden. Bas me tira who gave you the right to marry the daughter of Yisri. Says the Gemara, the halacha was hidden from Moshe. Finally, Pinchas Roam Meiser sees what's going on. The Nizkaralochi reminds himself of the halacha that someone that has relations with a non-Jewish woman, Kanoyim poikin boy, the zealots are allowed to go and kill him. Now, in fact, why was Bas Yisrael mutter to Moshe Rabenu? So Rashi over there in the Gemara explains that Moshe Rabenu married her before Matan Torah, and when the Torah was given, they were all Bnei Noach. They and she entered into the covenant of mitzvahs together with them. That means Moshe Rabenu married Sipoira. at that time before Matan Torah. All the Bnei Yisrael were in the Geder of Bnei Noach, so he was allowed to marry her then. Then, by Matan Torah. She is Megaya. She converts together with the rest of the Yidin. And therefore, she remains Mutter to Moishe So the question is, Zimri is a Nasi Beisovle Shimoini. He's a leader amongst the Yidin. He's a leader of one of the families of Shim, of Shimoin. So how is it, what is his argument, to say, oh, who allowed you to marry Bas Yisra? Does he know, not know the simple difference between marriage before Matan Tairah and after Matan Toirah? On the other hand, even if we should find some sort of explanation, even a kasalka kadaytach, the, the beginning of an explanation of why, maybe in this case, this difference between before Matan Torah and after Matan Torah wouldn't be enough to allow Moshe to marry Bas Yisrael, The question still remains, why don't we find in the Gemara that Moshe Rabbeinu or someone else should actually respond, should answer to this argument of Zimri towards Moshe Rabbeinu? All Pincha says is the halacha is if someone is acting like Zimri, meaning going and marrying this or living with this non-Jewish woman, he could go and kill him. But we didn't deal with how Moshe Rabbeinu was allowed to marry Tzipoira. So there are Mepharshim that say that this itself, meaning this difference itself before Matan Toira and after Matan Toida, that's what was hidden from Moshe Rabbeinu. But the Rebbe says this is, this is difficult. Why? In addition to the fact that Rashi himself says clearly that the, the halacha was hidden from him, that was said to him at Sinai, that that someone that has relations with a non-Jewish woman could be killed, in other words, it's only that halacha of what punishment Zimri deserves right now, that's what was hidden from him, and number two, says the Rebbe, it's also a doicha gadol, it's very difficult to say, that Moshe Rabbeinu should, it should be hidden from Moshe Rabbeinu, such a simple difference, of before Matan Torah and after Matan Torah, but more than that, what's not understood, is back to Zimri. How could Zimri even ask this question? Is he able to rely that Moshe Rabbeinu is suddenly not going to know that response? The difference between before Matan Torah and after Matan Torah? It's such a simple difference, then why is Zimri even asking it? We also need to understand, the halacha is, that a Giyoyris is not allowed to marry a Koyin. Koyin is not allowed to marry a Giyoyris. That's an isur min ha Torah. The Gemara says that it's learned from a pasuk in Yecheskel. But as Tosfos explains, it's only that Yecheskel is giving us to have some support from psukim as well. But the isur itself is an isur from the Torah. And why is it an isur from the Torah? Because amongst the women that a kohen is not allowed to marry, the pasuk says isha zoino and others lo not allowed to marry a zoino, and a gioris. Since, since she is coming from Goyim, which are immersed in immorality, so we're assuming, in other words, that she too is a Zoinan, therefore a koyin is not allowed to marry a Giyaris. Now, regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, there's a machloikus regarding Moshe Rabbeinu as far how much his own Kahuno went. That is, according to one opinion, Moshe was is actually considered a koyin Godel. Because even though we know that Kahuno was taken away from Moshe Rabbeinu, that's only from his children. There's another opinion that holds that Moshe Rabbeinu was a kohen only for the Shiva Simei Amiluim, the seven days of preparation for the Mishkan. So the question is, if Moshe Rabbeinu was a kohen and Bas Yisrael is a Giyoyris, how is is he allowed to be married to him? How is he allowed to be married to her? How is she muttered to him? She's a Giyoyris. Now the Rebbe analyzes these two opinions of Moshe Rabbeinu's Kohona according to the opinion that we say that Moshe was a kohen only in the Shiva Simei at least B'doichak we would be able to answer, that Moshe Rabbeinu was not a full-fledged kohen. And the fact that he's able to be makriv the Karbonis during those seven days, is as Toysvitz explains, because the Mishkan was actually not a full Mishkan either, during the Shiva Simei It had more the din of what's known as a Bamo. And in fact, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't wear the Big day During that time, the Gemara says... He was meshamish b'choluk, loving wearing a white cloak because there's no dinim of big dekahuna in a bama. And therefore, if he's not a full koyin, that's why he could be married to Bas Yisra, she's not aser to him. But the Rebbe is not satisfied with this. And the Rebbe says, because besides for the fact that from the Gemara's expression, loin in Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu was a koyin only during the Shiva Simei which does sound like he was a full koyin, but besides for this, what about the other opinion that says he was a Kohen his whole life? So we still have the question, how could Moshe Rabbeinu be married to a Giyotis? Says the Rebbe, seemingly we would be able to actually answer these two questions with each other. In other words, linking the question of the, of the first question we asked. What was Zimri's question, argument even to Moshe Rabbeinu? And this question now about Moshe Rabbeinu being a Kohen married to a Giyotis. And that is... That when Zimri said Bas yisre mi in fact, what Zimri was arguing was not the fact how could you be married to a non Jewish woman, and telling me that I can't be married to Cosby. Rather, his argument was about the iser of Gyoris to a Now, how is that in Zimri's words? What's the connection with the with this of this iser with the fact that the Medionis, who Zimri wants to marry is also usher as he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, if this one, if Cosby is Oser, who allows you to live with Bas Yisroi? So the connection is, because the reason why Agiyonis is Oser to a Koyim, is as we mentioned before, since she is coming from Goyim, who are immersed in Znos and immorality, that means what Zimri is saying is, that if the Midianis is also because she's non-Jewish, then the Bas Yisroi, that's also coming from non-Jewish, People and therefore, as we said before, that's the whole point of why she's going to be usher to to a, a, a kohen because she's coming from these from from non Jewish people. she should be also to to But says the Rebbe, if this is the case, then the question again is on the other hand, number one, what is actually the response to this argument of Zimri, and number two, why wasn't Zimri told the answer? says that seemingly we would be able to answer this based on a Maimar Chazal that tells us that three things Moshe Rabbeinu did on his own and the Abishir agreed with him. One of them is the fact that he separated from his wife. If that's the case, if Moshe Rabbeinu separated from his wife, Zimri doesn't have any argument anymore. Bas how could he be married to the daughter of Yisrael if there's an Isra of Giyotas to a coin? Because in fact, after Matan Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu did separate from his wife. Now, even if you're going to say that separating itself is not enough to remove the iser that a gioyrus has to occur, and there has to be more than just separation, but in truth, Rashi in his pirusha latoira on the postic like in the end of Baaloischah, where it says, Vatadabir Miriam, Miriam was discussing with Aaron about the woman, Al-Oideh isha about the woman that Moshe Rabbeinu had married, Ki Isha Kushis Rashi explains on the words, Al-Oideh isha he was speaking, she was speaking about the woman, about the fact that she was divorced, that Moshe Rabbeinu divorced his wife. On the words, the Moshe Rabbeinu had married Moshe Rabbeinu had married the other Gersha, now he divorced her. In other words, according to Rashi, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't only separate from his wife, as Rashi brings it over there, but rather he actually divorced her. So if that's the case, so why wasn't Zimri told this? When he says, "Basisra mi that's because, as it explains in the words of Chazal, that actually no one knew about this. In fact, even Miriam didn't know about this till the whole story with Elder the Midod when they were giving prophecy b'machane. And Sipora says, "Oy, woe to the wives of these people if they're going to be Neviim now, so they're going to separate from their wives." And the reason for this is why didn't anybody know about it? Is because since Moshe Rabbeinu did it on his own and being very very humble, he didn't want that anybody should know about this. And this is also why this couldn't be told to Zimri, that Moshe Rabbeinu actually separated from his wife. But the Rebbe says this answer is not really acceptable. Why? In addition to the fact that Rashi, according to the Safri, actually says that Moshe Rabbeinu is separated from his wife, not on his own, but rather that Hashem told him to separate from his wife. When Hashem said after Matan Torah that everyone else could go now back to their tents, to their wives, that Ato and you Moshe Rabbeinu stay with me, meaning you stay separated from your wife, and therefore, it wouldn't be the opposite of humility to say that, that he's just fulfilling Hashem's command. In addition to this, says the Rebbe, the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu separates from his wife, as we just said clearly, is because he was a Navi. As Rashi brings from the Sefer that Tipoira said, Woe to the wives of Eldad and Medod. If they're now going to become Navim, they're going to separate from their wives. But based on what we said, Moshe Rabbeinu would have had to divorce his wife because of the fact that he's a Koyin and she's a Giyairus. So to explain all of this, the Rebbe says, the Rebbe quotes a Mishnah. We know that a Koyain godl is not allowed to marry a almana, a widow. So what happens? We know there's two stages in marriage. There's erusin, what we call today kiddushin, and then there's nisuin, the beginning of the marriage, the first stage and the second stage. If a regular Koyain gives erusin to an almona to a widow, which a regular koyen is a to marry a widow, now the Koyan becomes a Koyin Godel. He's allowed to finish off the marriage with Nisuin. The Gemara learns it out from the Pasek, Yikach Isha, the Pasik that's discussing who a Koyin Godel is allowed to marry. And Yikach Isha is referring to the first stage of marriage. So it says the Gemara, because Yikach Isha, because the Eirusin was by a regular Koyan, that means it was permitted. So now he's allowed to finish off the marriage. And the, though he's a Koyan Godel, now he's allowed to marry the Almona. Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, how much more so in our case? By Moshe Rabbeinu's case, when he not only had the first stage of marriage with, marriage with Tzipoira, but the full marriage was completely beheter, Remember that Moshe Rabbeinu marries Tzipoira before Matan Toira, way before he's a Koyin or anything like that. So therefore, even after Moshe Rabbeinu becomes a Koyin, Bas Yisrael remains mutatim, to him, even though she's a Giyorist. Now the Rebbe says one may ask on this explanation, that the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu married Sipoira Beheter was before Matan Toira, and since Yidin at that point had a din, as we said earlier, as Bnei Noyach, and the whole real gedder of a marriage Alpitoira didn't happen yet, so you would assume that after Matan Toira, Yidin would have had to remarry their wives Alpitoira. If the Yidin have to remarry their wives Alpitoira after Matan Toira, then we're back to square one. We're back to the original question. How could Moshe Rabbeinu be marrying her now after Matan Torah if she's a Giyoros? But the Rebbe says, really, this is not a question. And the Rebbe says, why not? In addition to the fact, says the Rebbe, which this new marriage would have definitely happened right after Matan Torah, And therefore, as far as Moshe Rabbeinu is concerned, it would have been before he became a Koyain, which would have been in the time of the Yimei HaMiluim, this is in the time of of the preparation for the Mishkan, etc., which is really almost a year later, or even if we want to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was his whole life a kohen, but it still would have started by Matan Torah. even according to that opinion, even if we want to say that, it's still not a question why. The Rebbe is about to explain that really the Eden did not have to remarry after Matan Torah, And the Rebbe explains on the pasuk regarding Amram, Moshe Rabbeinu's father, where it says, a man from the household of Levi goes and he marries Bas Levi. The Gemara says, that he went and he did the act of what's considered what's considered Likuchin marriage. What does this mean? "She'osolam Kuchin," that Amram went ahead and was a Mekadesher, He now married her with the type of marriage that would be after Mappen in other words, the concept of Kiddushan didn't start after Matan Torah. There was a proper form of Kiddushan by Eden even before Matan Torah. In fact, says the Rebbe, with this Maforsham explain, a Rambam. The Rambam says, when going through the different mitzvahs of how they came, starting from Avram, etc., the different mitzvahs that Eden were given. So it says, In Mitzrayim, Amram got some more mitzvahs. And the question is, where do we find any mitzvahs that Amram was given or Amram started? Rather, it's this mitzvah of Kiddushin. The mitzvah of Kiddushin Yidin had already in Mitzrayim. So says the Rebbe, so since before Matan Torah, the Kiddushin by Yidin was already in the same kind of Kiddushin that would have been after Matan Torah, so there would be no need for new Kiddushin after Matan Torah. The previous Kiddushin would remain in full force even after Matan Torah. If that's the case... Then once again, when Yikahisha, when Moshe Rabbeinu marries Tzipoira Beheter, since it was before Matan Torah, there, and he does not have to marry her again after Matan Torah, therefore he can remain completely married to her. Says the Rebbe, now we can start explaining, number one, what was the argument of Yis, of Zimri, Bas Yisraimi, Tiralacha, and also why Moshe Rabbeinu does not respond to his argument. Zimri did not hold of this limud that Teirusha Baal Peh will teach us, from the words Yikach Isha, he didn't have this tradition, he didn't know this halacha, that Yikach Isha teaches us that if you started the Kiddushan Beheter, then you're allowed to remain married to her. So according to his opinion, Moshe Rabbeinu is currently married to a giyotis, he has to divorce her. So why doesn't Moshe Rabbeinu respond with this limud of Yikach Isha? Why doesn't he tell him, yes, there's a halacha, that I was told that Yikach Isha is going to mean that if you married or better, you could stay married, because there's a halacha. That if a Talmud Chacham comes to teach a halacha, teach some sort of tradition, some sort of halacha that was not known before, but if he himself has some vested interest in this particular thing, he's in some, in some way biased to this particular case, then he's actually not trusted to say, Kach kibalti, I have this tradition. Moshe in this case is definitely Negei Abed It's speaking about how Moshe Rabbeinu can be married to Bas So he can't, so to speak, say that I have a limud for this thing that no one knew about before. The Rebbe says this is similar, that we see also a similar thing by Machloikas Kairach. We know that along with Kairach arguing against the Kahuna of Aroin, he also comes with all sorts of false claims and questions regarding a mezuzah, he says a bayis that's molly form a bayis that's filled with sifrei toira. Does it need a mezuzah? And what about a talis? That's all t'cheles does, it need tzitzis? Now we don't actually find that Moshe Rabbeinu should respond with these questions and saying I have a limud, an oral tradition, limud toira sh'malpeh, why that's not the case. All Moshe Rabbeinu says is yivra Hashem, that basically if Hashem chose me, Hashem is going to open the ground over here now and Koenuch will be punished, etc. Why doesn't he give him an explanation? But the answer again is, as we said before, Moshe Rabbeinu is in this case an the Machloikas is against him and against Aaron, and therefore he anyway, so to speak, wouldn't be trusted with telling us, teaching us now, this new Halacha. And the Rebbe finishes off with a powerful error. The Rebbe says, not always are we looking necessarily to answer the other person's questions. It is possible sometimes that a person with his questions and his challenges, what he's trying to do is to be Matir, a non-Jewish woman. In other words, if his kavanah is L'shem shemaim, of course we have to answer him. The Gemara tells us there's two psukim. In one posseket says, answer a fool even according to his foolishness. And another posseket says, don't answer a fool according to his foolishness. So the Rebbe is explaining, if his kavanah is L'shem shemaim, of course you have to answer even a fool. When he's asking, says the Rebbe, in matters of the Torah, with the Kavana, to be matir, to permit that which Torah clearly said is usur, then we have to follow the apostle that says, Al-Tan, don't answer the fool in his foolishness. In other words, the way to win over a person that's completely opposing Torah is not through debates, not through arguments, rather it's going with a strength that's beyond logical reason. And the Rebbe says the same thing inside of each and every one of us. When the Melech Zak when the old foolish king, of the Eight Sahara, comes, and tries to confuse the person. Then we don't start getting into debates with him. All we need to do is act with strength, as the Gemara says, drag him along to the Beis Midrash, And the Rebbe says, this was also the way of Pinchas, no yes, that he comes along and he acts in this way of zealousness. He didn't start getting into debates, because on the contrary, the halacha is, if he would come to ask the halacha, we wouldn't tell him to go and kill her. To go and kill Zimri and Cosby. Rather, it's halachavein Cain. But he went and acted Makane kines Hashem tzvos. Kinosi Hashem's kino. And he was moiser nefesh to kill Zimri. The Rebbe now connects us to Yudbei's Tammuz. Says the Rebbe, the Chagagul of Yudbei's Yudgimot falls out in most years in the week of Pasha's Boloch. And all of this has a special connection to the Chagagul. The way of conduct of behavior of the, of the Rebbe the Baalag Uluba Asimcha was in a way of Bekano Yaskinosi. Notwithstanding all of the various different sort of tines of certain people, that there's no obligation to be Moisir Nefesh on every little thing and every little step of the way. By Baalag Uluba Asimcha, there was the Bekano Yaskinosi, there was the Kino of Hashem. In other words, since this is something on the, on the, of the Abishter. On behalf of the Eved he was constantly being Moiser Nefesh Mepoyel for spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit. Now says the Reb, Mesidas Nefesh generally can be in a number of ways. One way is like in this parsha; it wasn't the Nosi Hadoyer that was having the Mesiras Nefesh. The Nosi Hadoyer was Moisheh Rabeinu. It was Pinchas, and it was a way of gevura. We find that Pinchas who elios said Kanoi Kinesi La This is a pasuk. In Malachim, which once again, Elio was sort of fighting the battle for Hashem, and he wasn't even finding a schus for the Yidden at that time. So that's more in a gvurah way. But then there's another way of how it was by the balagul of Asimcha, The Kano Yeskinossi, the Nosi HaDoir himself, is getting involved. Then it says, in truth, even by Pinchas, the Nesinas Koyach for the Kano Yeskinossi, was coming from Moshe Rabbeinu, the Nosy Because Moshe Rabbeinu, when, when Pinchas said to Moshe Rabbeinu, that I got the halacha from you. That aboy alam is kanoyin poigen boy. So Moshe Rabbeinu responds that the one who reads the letter, the one who says what's supposed to happen, should be the messenger to do it. So he also got the koyach from Moshe Rabbeinu. So really he gives a koyach to Pinchas to be mekane in Hashem. But by the free Dikreba once again, says the Rebbe, the mekane is Kenosi of the nosi Adoir himself is in a way of chesed as discussed many times. at The Balagul Ulova, the free Dikreba had asked, of his father, the Rebbe Moshe that his Messias should be Bechesed Ubrachimim. So the Chidish was that even when it's a case of Bechano Yeskenasi, he does it in a way of Toiv Ayin hu yevorach, with all the Brachis of someone with a good eye, and all in a way of Bechesed Ubrachimim.